Hi, this is Cornish Books and I'm here to read the final two instalments of our book The Return to Zenon. Now I'm sorry it's been such a long time since our last posting, but we've been on lots of adventures. So I'm happy to be here sharing the last two chapters in this double bill today. As always, the books are available internationally on Amazon or from our website www.cornishbooks.com Chapter 9 is entitled Fooling the Media The first thing Sam was aware of was the sun streaming through the gap in the floral curtains that covered the guest bedroom window. The second thing Sam was aware of was the dull thud, 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 thud of a helicopter circling round the village. It was obvious that interest in the Zena mermaid had not stopped, as he had secretly hoped over the course of the night. It had in fact seemed to have increased. Sam pulled on his shirt and jumper and tumbled down the stairs. Better get this over with, he thought. Wait right there, Sam, his grandmother called. There's no point in doing this on an empty stomach. I've cooked you some eggs and toast and got you a big mug of tea, shouted his grandmother. Sam could smell the toast wafting through from the kitchen and his belly rumbled. I'm sure they will all still be there once I've had my breakfast, he thought. As Sam munched on his toast, he mulled over what he was going to say to the journalists assembled on the beach. He knew if he went down this morning, he may even be able to get on the lunchtime news. After finishing his toast, he loaded the memo they'd made into an old pram he found in the shed and covered it in an old blanket. He took a deep breath and wheeled the pram out of the front door. I'll follow you down in a moment, shouted his grandmother. No one paid any attention as he wheeled the pram down to the cove. His stomach was in knots and the journey was a blur. As he got to the cave, he paused. He couldn't do it. He looked at all the people on the beach. There were so many of them, even busier than the previous day. Now, I just have to do this. I just have to, he thought. Slowly, he scanned the beach to see who the best person to talk to was. He could see the assembled media stands at the base of the cliffs and look for the biggest one to approach. If he was going to do this, then he may as well do it properly. Slowly, he walked over, dragging the pram and the sand behind him. Uh, excuse me, he said quietly to one of the female journalists. Stand back, please, she said, not even looking at him. I'm about to do a live interview to the studio. Excuse me, said Sam, much louder this time, tapping her on the arm. Look, I told you, wait. It's you, isn't it? You are the boy, she shouted excitedly. Ten seconds, shouted a voice from behind the camera. Stand there, I'm going to do a live interview. Don't go anywhere, she hissed. She stared at the camera, plastered a big smile on her face as the camera encountered down the last five seconds 
on his fingers. Hi, this is Gemma from Southwest News reporting live from Zena Beach. I can exclusively tell you I've discovered the boy in the photograph. Let's see what the true story is. Now, tell us your name, she said, turning from the camera to Sam. Um, Sam? He stuttered. So, Sam, tell us, how did you discover the mermaid? Have you seen her before? There, there was no mermaid, said Sam. <laughs> the journalist laughed. Now we have an eyewitness in Mr. Langton and his daughter, and a photograph of the mermaid. You can't tell me there wasn't a mermaid. Well, there was a mermaid, said Sam hesitantly. It just wasn't real. I made a mermaid for, for a school project. Her smile faltered. You made a mermaid? she questioned. The microphone in her hand was quivering. Yes, look, said Sam, whipping off the blanket of the pram to reveal the decoy mermaid. The journalist's face dropped. She looked at the mermaid and she looked at Sam. She was not pleased. With a fake little giggle, she turned back round to the camera and said, Well, that wraps up that mystery. I'm Gemma James, reporting from Zena Cove. Now, back to the studio. There was a pause while she waited for the cameraman to confirm they had definitely got off air, before whipping round to confront Sam. Are you trying to tell me that this whole thing is just a hoax and I dragged myself all the way down here, camping out for two days, just for you to tell me this? She yelled angrily. Well, started Sam. But before he could finish, she had turned around again to her cameraman and was yelling instructions. Let's get out of here, she said, before finally stomping up the beach. Other news crews and people nearby had overheard the exchange, and a rumble of whispers rippled through the crowd. Not real. No point. Waste of time. Stupid kid. Were some of the grumbles Sam heard. Other people were packing up now and heading back off the beach. A few people stopped and talked to Sam, wanting their picture taken with the pretend mermaid of Senna. As the crowds were parting, Sam saw Langton stomping across the beach. He looked furious. You made me a laughing stock. We both know this isn't the true story. I was going to be rich off the back of this, and now my reputation is in tatters, he shouted. I have no idea what you're talking about, said Sam, quietly smiling. As quickly as people arrived, they departed. Sam's grandmother had made it to the beach, and they stood there and watched the beach empty. Do you hear that? she said. I don't hear anything, said Sam, looking confused. Exactly, she said. It may be quiet and people may have stopped searching, but the mess they have left behind is terrible, exclaimed Sam. My work isn't done here. I must put everything back as it was, he said. And Sam set to work clearing the beach. But something still weighed on his mind. How was he going to make it up to Morverum? Chapter 10. We need to sing.
Sam spent the afternoon on the beach cleaning rubbish that had been left behind. His grandmother brought sandwiches, a flask and a steady supply of bin bags as he worked alone. As the sun set over the cove, his grandmother approached him. You did well, Sam, and you've worked hard, his grandmother said. But now I think it's time we try and contact Mulverum. Sam looked at her quizzically. But how? Last time I dipped the shell in the water, I tricked her. Would she ever trust me again? Oh, I think she will. If there's two of us. And with that, she pulled out her own shiny white conical shell from her pocket. Sam put down the last bag of rubbish and approached the edge of the water with his grandmother. Very faintly, he could hear the sea singing a sad lament. Together, they dipped the shells into the water and whispered, Morverum. They waited a moment. Nothing happened. And then the singing got louder and out of the water appeared Morverum. Hello, Sam, she said coldly. Before she could say anything else, Sam tumbled into an apology. I'm so sorry I did a horrible thing and I betrayed your trust. I promise I will never try to do something like that again and all I want to do now is help. It's okay, she said smiling. Weak mermaids have always suffered from mistrust by humans. That is why we lead such a secretive life. I just hope that you can now help me. What do you need us to do? he said. I need you to sing. The seas are louder these days and the sound of my song alone will not guide the children of the kingdom of Lyre back. Well, we can do that, can't we, Grandma? said Sam eagerly. After the last few days he felt like he could rise to any such a challenge. Of course we can, darling, said his grandmother. But how do we know which song, said Sam? You are both descendants. You will know the song when you start singing it, said Mulverin. Mulverin started the song off, and Sam and his grandmother followed her lead. He did indeed know the song, and it went like this. To all of those who travel far from home, to all of those who have almost forgotten. Although time has passed and you have lost your way, hear our song and let us guide you. For we are the people of Zena, living above the water and below. We remember our roots and can help you too. Hear our song and return. As the song was ending, the water in the cove began to glow an enchanting green, as though it was being lit from beneath. It was a sign that it had worked. It was a sign that they were returning. One by one, heads began popping out of the water. Morverin smiled the biggest. You have helped bring my family back, Sam. Thank you. It's the least I could do, he said. 
I must leave you now, Sam. But I have a feeling that this won't be the last time we meet. Goodbye, Sam. Goodbye. Goodbye, Mulverin, said Sam and his grandmother. And one by one the mer people's heads sank below the waves. Sam and his grandmother looked at each other. Well, Sam, I am proud that you managed to help and that you were able to solve the problem you created. I never thought I'd see the tale of Mulverin come to life. Now let's get home and get to bed. I have a feeling that we both need a good night's sleep and that the rest of your holiday may well be a little less eventful. I think you are right, Grandma. I really do, said Sam. And arm in arm, they headed home, leaving Zena Cove shimmering in the moonlight behind them. The end. Well, I hope you enjoyed our story. And if you are ever in Cornwall, do visit Zena Cove and see if you can find the mermaid yourself, or at the very least, the bench in Zena's church. Now, The Return to Zena is just the first book in the Cornish Legend series. If you've enjoyed this, I suggest moving on to In the Footprints of Giants, where Sam returns for another adventure. Goodbye. <laughs>